Okay. Does it have like a little, does it, hmm. Let's see if it shows it, the time thingy. Oh, it doesn't. I can set a timer. Oh yeah, we can just set a timer. On, oh, actually, since I'm on my phone, someone set it on their phone. Okay, I'll set it on mine. Yeah. Set a timer for 30 minutes. Sure. Or just like one of those like running time like thingies. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Whenever you guys want to start. Okay, so I <laughs> a three, two, one thing and then I'll play it or something. I don't know. Okay. So. <laughs> hey guys, it's Rambly Woman Podcast. I'm Susie. I'm Kathy. I'm Julia. And today we're going to be talking about the issue of femininity in the media. Okay, so before we start, I just want to introduce the actual topic of feminism because it's important to understand the different and the scales of it. So we have radical feminism, which is essentially the patriarchy and thinking that men, their entire purpose is to demonize women and that's all they do. It's like the most extreme version of feminism. Feminism, like liberal feminism, is expressing the issue of the patriarchy with both genders, so men and women, and the issues that they face, like toxic masculinity, the crisis of masculinity, and then women too, the issue of equal pay and the issue of representation in the media and how they're seen as essentially, you know, like sex. When yeah. you look at women in media, it's literally just, okay, sex, beauty, appearance. Yeah, yeah. and that just ties in with the male gaze. Um, sorry, Julia, what were you going to say? <laughs> um, in liberal feminism, I know it's more like politically based. So it's more like women trying to achieve like political equality, especially like through legal actions rather than like in radical feminism, like they want like a whole like overthrow men in society, like revolutionize everything, you know, type of thing. Yeah. But the way that men see it is that um, they're not really like, you know, trying to go against politics. They're just trying to appeal to men, like all, you know, strong um, and powerful women um, depicted in movies directed by men are just sexualized. And so <laughs> before, like, I get any further into it, let's really talk about what exactly the male gaze is. And so the term male gaze was coined by um, an art critic and novelist, John Berger. And so he describes the male gaze as the act of depicting women and, and the world in the visual arts and in literature from a masculine heterosexual perspective that presents and represents women as sexual objects for the pleasure pleasure of the heterosexual male viewer. And I feel like that just goes to show that there's so many differences between movies directed by males and movies directed by women where um, women in male directed movies are just um, automatically sexualized or seen as submissive to men and um, that just says a lot. Yeah, I, um, even I think in some movies directed by women, because there's a lot of like internalized misogyny in society. So like women also like sometimes are made to view life from the male gaze rather than just 
through their gaze, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than just view it normally, I guess. You, know, you train yourself to think some certain way and after a while it becomes a habit. I feel like that's what the male gaze has done to the media. And okay, let's just pause and realize how reliant and dependent our generation is on the media. Like, I don't know, uh-huh. I seen like yeah. eight year olds like iPhones and Instagrams and I'm here looking at the age restrictions they have, like they're there for a reason and they're not following them. They're blatantly putting themselves into the atmosphere where they're gonna absorb, because children uh, from adolescent age, more like eight to like 12 are really easily manipulated. Uh-huh. So they're throwing all these ideas that are for the most part still run, which is changing thankfully, but they're still run by pretty much male ideal, like the male gaze and the idea of appearance overrunning pretty much everything and like pretty privilege. Yeah. Like if you're super pretty, people are gonna let you come line or if you're super pretty, you're gonna get more opportunity. You're instilling all these ideas in young girls. So you're essentially training a younger generation to do a, fall in line with what's wrong with this generation. Yeah, I think exactly. Like, media itself is just is becoming like a bigger force in like socialization just in general of society especially like the younger because like media is more prevalent like especially in now than it used to be so like a lot of people when they see movies they're like okay well it's just a movie like it doesn't have to you know be like real life like it's okay that it's like that but with more the way that more media is becoming like a way to literally like socialize the generation and like tell people like okay this is how you should and shouldn't behave in society and this is how you should view these things and like consuming media is literally like shaping how people are and like how they think and how they behave so having the media just be like oh well you know what it's okay for it to you know promote these harmful stereotypes or whatever because it's it's media it's not real life but like it does affect real life more than yeah no exactly it definitely does like young kids are so excuse my dog but (laughs) young kids are literally so like they idolize you know people in movies and you know when i was um younger like in my elementary school days um like 2000s, the early 2000s, whoa, so long ago. Um, but, um, you know, at the time, like the popular movies were like Mean Girls or just the classic, you know, Disney movies that would give makeovers to the, you know, unattractive females or females yeah, who didn't. Ugly duckling. Exactly, the ugly ducklings. And like the people who didn't really represent the idea of femininity. Excuse my dog. Oh my god. But Dante's <laughs> yeah, just so like angered at the fact that it's come this far. You know? He's it's so passionate about, you know, femininity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's our ally right there. Um but anyways, and so when I was younger, you know, the more popular girls were seen as like ultra feminine. Um and you know, people who really looked the part of as like girls like people like girls who looked like society's view of girls and so people who didn't fit that norm were bullied by these girls and so I remember seeing this like um girl um in our eight in our grade you know who looked like a tomboy and at the time tomboys weren't socially accepted and they still aren't um 
And so the popular girls didn't really want to associate with this, you know, tomboyish girl because they just, they didn't fit the look of like the ultra feminine um, trope that was, you know, presented in society at the time and still is. So it just goes to show that ultra femininity in movies can also affect, you know, real life and the way that women are shaped to be in movies can also affect the way women think they're supposed to be shaped in real life or just in any circumstance. Yeah, and like really just in movies in general, there's like a big like demonization, I feel like, of femininity as well. Because especially like when the whole like girl power movement thingy, what was it? Third wave feminism? with feminism in the 90s yeah Mm -hmm. so I don't remember if it was that or if it was like the response to that that it was like oh not like other girls oh like we need to like exclude feminine things because that's upholding the patriarchy I think that was the response to it but that's what I'm it goes back to when we were saying like well actually I can't really explain what we were saying earlier but (laughs) In third wave feminism, it was almost as if they were saying, like, that's when the Spice Girls came around and um, the hashtag girl power. Like, that was a huge aspect of the third wave feminism in the 90s. Um, But another thing was, one of the main ideas was, I can hold my liquor. I can have sex if I want to. I can dress the way I want to. They honestly took on the role of a man ideal, which, in my opinion, was the wrong thing to do because then you're, you're turning the male gaze by females so it's becoming more represented throughout media by both genders which essentially makes it okay when it's even worse that a a woman is putting her what should be expressed by her so like yeah I can hold my liquor I don't have to say that I don't drink or that I'm sophisticated and classy but not that I can take shots of whiskey and out of like a Jack Daniels bottle carry it with me because then you're putting this image that women are just the same as men when they're not you know, and that, that's, I think that's one of the big issues when you're trying to separate the line between men and women and not get too much on one side to make it equal because you can't necessarily make something equal when everyone, when they're opposites, when you have different ideas and different um, character traits and everything like that. But it's, it also goes to say that the fact that a woman preaching that she can have sex is seen as either, oh, she's a slut rather than her being, oh, she's too crude. It's like you're not allowing a compromise to be made, which essentially is just making the idea of femininity even harder to grasp and harder to express correctly in the media because women are essentially, or at the 90s, they were saying, no, this is exactly what I want to express as a woman when I don't think it was the right, not to like hate against them. I mean, there's a huge movement that led to, to, that led to our digital wave of feminism with like the hashtag Me Too movements. But just because you want to express something and essentially become more powerful doesn't mean you have to go to the level of talking about sex or talking about holding a liquor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To add on to that, like, I feel like um, this is kind of off topic, but it's still like in the same range, I think. It's like when you're told, like, if you're, like, for example, like, get told to like, sit like a girl, you know? Um, Like when you're seeing like, you know, like, you know, girls are meant to, like, have, like, good posture in society's eyes, like, good posture, crossed legs, you know, all, like, nice, dainty, like, you know, a bit stiff, too, and so when they, like, you know, are not sitting that way, you get told to, like, you know, sit, like, a proper, 
exactly cross your legs sit like a proper woman and um and so like or like you know you're you're sitting like a guy you know it's like and it's just like it just like it puts it into like it divides it into two sectors where it's like you can only act like a girl and you can't cross the barrier onto having more masculine traits or attributes mm-hmm. which uh, the crisis of masculinity toxic masculinity and tomboy uh, the to- issue of uh, or the topic of tomboy attitude again like as a kid I was a tomboy and I thought it was cool but at the same time I became a bully in that kind of way like when I'm not proud of it but I really I've actually noticed this before I go into like personal experience I've noticed a lot of girls at the time were like ew pink it's too girly yeah Why? seen as girly and that's the difference like my dad would wear pink shirts and I'd be like why are you wearing pink now I'm just like hell yeah pink like what's wrong with it you know yeah at that mm -hmm. time like around that age when I forget like what years it was but it was like in the 2010s I think yeah but it was like really the height of the oh I'm not like other girls type of thing yeah we were rejecting traditional femininity um because really they just had that misogynistic view that femininity is like bad or or in the sense of like how femininity is basically sexualized like all the time by the male base so they want to distance themselves from being sexualized so they're like oh I'm not like other girls I do things that guys do too you know like I'm a human yeah and it's like it's like like the media has made women you know scared to express their femininity because of you know the backlash they might receive you know like um the whole thing with um the fetishization of of women in asia is just unbelievable they're like the whole idea of the Japanese schoolgirl has just become sexualized with the idea of, you know, mini skirts or in um, animes, you know, um, it's become um, seen more as sexual and it's pedophilia, basically, because, you know, these are underage um, girls who are attending school and they're just being, you know, um, just completely sexualized for just, I guess, being themselves. And it's because, you know, that's how males you know, see these schoolgirls. Yeah, and a huge issue, which I have to say, there's a good side and a bad side to the media that, like, us kids are on. Like, for example, TikTok. Yeah. The misogyny in TikTok is crazy, but then again, it does uh-huh. explain issues like, oh, this is a minor. You need to treat it as a minor. And people will get called, like, cancel culture. It became a huge uh-huh. thing. It became too much. But the the way that they even were able to cancel people for doing something wrong and bring it to attention was good. But then again, they took it too far, which is kind of like the same thing with expressing um, femininity or expressing the top boy attitude. You take it too far because you don't want to be labeled, but in turn, you're labeling yourself. Yeah. I think that they let anyone get to a middle ground, which it makes it so hard, like I said, to grasp that factor of equality. And then it makes it harder to speak out of. Like, for, ex- um, for example, crisis of masculinity, when a guy is talking to their dad, right? I, and I see this everywhere. For example, at the beach. I guarantee you, almost every dad is going to look at every woman's ass as they walk on, this, on the beach. I'm not even going to lie. Girls do it too. Yeah, I look at people's bodies. It's normal. But it's the point where people start, like, taking pictures. 
and doing it's things. intentions behind it. Exactly. And then it's addressed as normal. Like, oh, I can't admire bodies. Like, you can look. Everyone has eyes to look, but there's a difference between looking and being like, wow, appreciating the body and then taking a picture unconsensually and out of term. And then the younger guys watch their fathers and like, oh, this is normal. The mothers don't speak out on it. And then they kind of go on to produce this idea that not all the time, not this drastically, but the way I see it is kind of like, all right, women are personal, like they're, I want to say sex dolls, but in a way it's kind of like, if I look at you in your body, I'm envision and I take pictures. I want to save that memorabilia of your body for my own pleasure. And it's kind of like you're teaching your kid to do this certain thing. And then having to break that like uh, generational, not general, but like parent, tr it's not really trauma, but it's just the ideas that they're instilling, you learn. And then you have to unlearn everything and relearn it in a better way. And it just makes it so much harder to get out of the um, – the issue of toxic masculinity and being afraid to speak out on something wrong because you're confused on what is right and wrong because you're being taught these things and growing up around it. And then you're also being taught other things by, for example, women rather than men. And it's kind of uh -huh. like, it creates a whole issue of, okay, what do I listen to? What's right? And what's wrong? Exactly. And like what you said, um, how like the, like the wife of like the man who's like teaching the son to like, you know, look at women and like, you know, in a, with bad intentions behind it like it just goes to show how women have been just taught over the years to just be submissive you know like to just not speak out and you know to just I, like just go by like you know the innocent you know quiet um portrayal of a woman that you know society wants them to be more specifically you know males because they've been dominating you know the world of media since <laughs> you know forever <laughs> and you know they still do although there have been improvements um and it's just like you know male directors have always just portrayed women as you know dainty and like you know innocent as proper you know like a good example of this would be um like you know the quote-unquote classic pretty woman um who was directed by gary marshall a man and his screenwriter screenwriter jf Lawden, and you know in this article by The Guardian, um, they talk about how Gary, Mar Gary Marshall and Lawton are preoccupied by turning Vivian, you know, the main character, um, well, not the main character, the love interest of the main character, into a picture of innocence, not a sex worker who hits the lottery, but a knife who dis naif I don't know, it's N-A-I-F, I don't really know how to say that, who discovers the proper lady she always was. And so the whole intention was to turn, um, you know, a, 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 a quote-unquote slummy, um, quote-unquote gross sex worker into a refined, dignified woman who um, is bought all this expensive jewelry and expensive, like, clothing by this rich man who teaches her how to be, you know, quiet, submissive, and just overall more refined than, you know, the sex worker who he villainized the entire movie and who he thought was, you know, just, just gross and undignified. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I feel like that really reflects just the way that, like in the sense that he's trying to make her more feminine, right? Like traditionally feminine. Oh. And I think it's interesting to like, 
see the, the intersections between how femininity is associated with like upper class or people who are richer. Mm-hmm. Like in um, Clueless, like all the super like feminine girls like Cher and Dion are like very rich, whereas like the tomboyish, um, what's her name? Ty, I think. Yeah. She's yeah. like Daddy, lower yeah. middle class, I'm pretty sure. And throughout like the course of the movie, basically one of the main plot points is them trying, like the pretty, popular, rich, very feminine girls trying to transform this like tomboyish, like poor girl into like a ultra feminine girl so she can be desirable to men. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. another being desirable to men goes into the body image that people especially in anime um yes uh what am i what's the word i'm looking for become i guess a subject of that's not the right word but um or right wording but for example in kakeguri it's basically this like uh gambling show and there's the men and the women uh who basically gamble in a high school and uh, it, it does feature a lot on class, which is what Julia was talking about. But it also, okay, they're minors. I think like from 16 to 17, and they portray their bodies as if they're like 32-year-olds. And yeah. as a young girl, like what, 16 watching it, I'm just like, huh, I don't look like that. I'm going to be insecure and not been to society. And I'm just not going to be pretty ever. And it's just, at that point, it's not even an issue with, a tomboy or it's not even an issue with femininity it goes back to the appearance factor that directors especially men want to portray or we're directors because following a capitalist system that we're under would rather have the money than change what they're being shown to the viewer and the viewer as part of our society for example a man is going to take interest in something sexual like that or a woman i mean both fall into that issue but i don't think it's a matter of comparing i think it becomes the matter of looking at what started that issue which is our society and the factor of what is true feminine having a nice body like for example in the 50s the pinup girl it's kind of like you're feminine because you fit this mold of perfect body um housewife for the 50s or in kakaguri it was basically like sexualizing the way they showed power yeah. Yeah, and it's really just like an inherent sexualization of women in general. Like especially in like animes like the women are always drawn with like giant boobs. Yeah. And yeah. also in like cartoons as well. But I feel like to distinguish between male and female characters, they always give like the female even if they're like animals or like not human cartoon figures, they always give them like boobs or something to like sexualize it and be like oh look this is a woman you know oh well, it's like, like remember that one disney movie like i feel like i think it was like jessica rabbit remember like yeah, what happened yeah, yeah. yeah i feel like that's a good example and um the loony yeah yeah the, the yeah yeah i forgot her name but like literally she, yeah hate to be like this but she's seen as a blonde bimbo like, that is literally her role in the Looney Tunes character. Like, <laughs> he's the Karen Smith of Looney Tunes. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and it's like, like, 
that's the one thing I don't understand. If you're going to want to portray women as something, why not show them as, or both genders as civilized and more um, impactful based on their character rather than their looks. Not only does it harm like younger girls in society, but it also kind of like diminishes the whole, I guess, like, it just, it kind of just diminish, diminishes the, uh, the confidence of younger kids. Honestly. Yeah, it basically just shows like, it just shows like your role in society is to just, you know, <laughs> sit tight, look pretty, um, you know, just abide to like what the male wants you to look like. And, and you know, yeah. like you can't be powerful. You can't have like a outspoken personality, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you could be powerful, but just not like true powerful, like, um, like a king would, you know. Yeah. You are, and this is another thing I noticed. When they want to make the women powerful, they kind of take on more of, like, the sexual aspects of men and the yeah, dominant. Like the femme fatale, like, trope. Yeah. Um, and that could also go into um, get younger gay kids who, and more specifically ma- uh, male, because, yeah. for example, like, uh, what was that show? Oh, Glee. In Glee, literally, Kurt's dad, he was scared to tell his dad because he thought he would, like, um, basically, you know, disown him. And he looked to Broadway stars and things like that because, or, like, drag. They look to drag because of the fact that it's, uh-huh. like, comfort, but, two, there's a man dressing up as a, as a woman, like, it's normal and it's okay. But then our society kind of makes them shun it away, which in turn can hurt them. And then it makes other people bully them because of out of fear, like in Glee, the, the jock was secretly gay and bullied Kurt because of the fact that he wasn't okay with being gay and then ended up killing himself. Mm-hmm. One, I'm showing that to kids. And two, exactly. that's exactly how it teaches people to be afraid, which goes back to what I was saying about toxic masculinity. You can't speak out because of fear of bullying or because you're gonna get kicked out or because of just different factors that aren't addressed correctly in the media because media basically like a teacher yeah and what i've noticed about like you know the portrayal of gay men in media is that they're all extremely hyper feminine when in reality i mean a good chunk of gay men just you know like sometimes just don't act feminine they just like act like themselves but however it's like that spreads so much through society where whenever people like see gay men or just like think of a gay man they just think of like this ultra feminine you know men to the point where they're not even seen as a man anymore and they're kind of just disowned by their own gender you know Mm -hmm. yeah like here's okay so this is kind of like a personal thing but the other day like my dad and I were watching Schitt's Creek and there was I forget the guy's name but the son in the show right David right I think but so him and the guy he was dating like, my dad was trying to explain the plot to me, kind of, because I I didn't really watch it. I just, like, saw parts of an episode, and he, like, watched the whole thing. And he mm-hmm. always, like, referred to David as, like, the gayer one. Because he, like, acts more traditionally feminine. And I was, like, I don't think that makes him any more or less gay. Like, I don't think it affects his sexuality. His expression yeah, of femininity. Exactly. So it's like kind of like having, you know, to prove your own sexuality at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then 
quick sector into like the media and being shown as gay one it could also be seen as bad but two harry styles and like uh who's that guy uh call me by by your name dude timothy chalamet yeah yeah, yeah. him (laughs) off the top of the head them them dressing up in makeup for like vogue them dressing up in uh makeup and dresses was literally criticized upon because they were like he's not being a man as it was so controversial when uh, what was her name candace owens was like bring back manly men as if like oh yeah yeah harry styles is not man enough because he's wearing a dress like hello and that's another thing it's if you want to show what a man is you look at character not at um appearance same thing with a woman if you want to you need to look at character not appearance and that's what if you really want to base femininity on something it should be on character if you really want to base manly attitude on something it should be character and not appearance because appearance changes Mm -hmm. appearance changes every day based on monthly trends Uh uh-huh you know but uh for example like the main thing that we see huge like a huge thing is the feminine aspect of like the housewife from the 50s to the 70s it was you know more like extreme but there's still some people who expect the traditional role of a woman to shut up clean and cook and satisfied, uh-huh. you know, which, sorry to break it to you, buddy, but no, <laughs> like, <laughs> I um, not how it works. Yeah, I wasn't made to help you fit your mold in society, if that makes sense. I have my own mold that I'm trying to break out of because society hasn't really broken out of that basic housewife standard. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's this, like, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. This is kind of not really super related to what what you're saying but I remember you mentioned it kind of before and I wanted to like bring it up again how Mm -hmm. you said that like women sometimes especially like in media and stuff like that try to like get power through like their sexuality like get power for men through the way that men sexualize them their weaknesses honestly um and it's just it reminds me of a lot of like Brazilian media because that's like a oh my gosh in Brazil there's so much like sexualization of women it's like insane but one of the big things is in like Brazilian music there's like funky which is more of like a favela like it was made more by like the poor people but it's it's a very like highly sexualized um sort of thing and it's literally like mainly well all like the men who do it all the lyrics are mainly just like sexualizing women and like degrading them because they're like sexual beings and then like when women do it it's kind of like the opposite in the sense where it's the same thing where they use the way that men sexualize them to like exert their power in like society so you know, I'm obviously not going to, like, list some lyrics because they're pretty explicit, but it's in the same sort of, like, tone of, like, oh, you know, I'm a sex appeal, like, men want me so they'll do whatever I want, and it's just kind of, like, what am I trying to say? It's, like, (laughs) 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 yeah. (laughs) 
someone else um you can say what I'm trying to say I'm not good at articulating <laughs> um no but yeah it's like you know women aren't really trying to express like you know their power and stuff like that but then it always like and just ends up tying back to you know I'm you know supposed to just pleasure men yeah it's, it's, it's yeah yeah it ties back to satisfying or supporting the male fantasy that has been going on for uh, basically a century at this point like yeah like no matter how much they want to like break out of it like subconsciously like they like yeah we, we literally like still in a way appeal to the you know males envision of women yeah and now that men are trying to break out of that basic like standard male ideal which goes back to toxic masculinity like you <laughs> because media goes back and basically says wow look at you you're too feminine what are, are you gonna change your gender yada 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 like as one if that was a bad thing too the amount of non-binary and different types of genders coming to light is also being hated on by older generations which just brings back the generational trauma which makes it even harder to break out of that like mm-hmm. that's femininity being bad based on gender when it's not mm-hmm. and i think that is probably the sole base of the crisis of masculinity the issue of generational trauma and breaking away from it yeah yeah because obviously those who are presenting the media to us younger generation is obviously of the older generation that's a given thank you captain obvious but um (laughs) (laughs) but it's only like literally goes to show that the older generation has always like they still have that old-fashioned ideal of you know men women men and women can only get married men i mean but women have to be submissive to men men are always the one in power you know stuff like that and so it's like in a way we're still suffering from that generational trauma because it's like you know the older generation is feeding us you know their ideals and you know I guess until that older generation just passes on we're still gonna be fed these old-fashioned ideals and it's not until the younger generation really just grows older and starts to spread their newfound ideals is when we might start to see a change Mm -hmm. and something i want to say is like back to the demonization of femininity in media whenever there's like a mean girl trope the mean girl is always presented as like ultra feminine yep yeah in mean girls regina george yeah and like her little click the plastics they're Mm -hmm. very like ultra feminine and in like other shows and guess who Regina Janice, who was not feminine at all. She's the tomboy. Yeah. And they yeah. in with Regina's ideals and becomes this, you know, like, not cool girl from Africa who, like, lived with animals. She becomes a physical mean girl herself and, like, dresses up as a plastic and then starts hating on Janice for literally being a tomboy. Which literally goes back to tomboys being hated on and then having a makeover scene and, and then turning into something pretty. Yeah, and not sexualizing herself because Janet didn't sexualize herself and the plastics ended sexualizing themselves and trying to fit the beauty standard mold so it kind of all literally goes in a circle it does go in a circle mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that's a good way to just end it um, yeah this podcast yeah. like there's like it really does like everything really ties back to each other and it really does go yeah. in a circle yeah. But just like one thing, quick thing I wanted to mention on the subject oh, yeah. of Mean Girls and like Janice, like 
they all kind of assumed that because she was a tomboy, she was a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Katie was like, it's just because you have a crush on me. And Janice was like, this, this bitch. What? <laughs> yeah. Now, that just, that just is like a whole new topic, which literally just is a demonization of, you know, queer yeah. women. Yeah. Which is probably going to evidently go back into yeah. mm-hmm. one of the topics we discussed. Because it literally goes in a circle. It literally all goes back to each other. So, yeah. We and also- I guess it's really not until the old um, generation the older generation's ideals just kind of kicks the bucket, you know? Yeah. And then it's like we rise up, the newer generation, who was, I guess, you know, more... What's the word? I can't I'm figure it out. Independent. Independent thinkers. Yeah. Yeah, like, I guess, like, I, I guess, like, I wouldn't say, like, 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 I would say out of the box. That's not the right word I'm looking for, but it's, like, I guess. The, I, yeah, I know. What yeah. You mean. Mm-hmm. Another, mm-hmm. like, important thing that I think is, like, we should take note of is just, like, how it, how, like, femininity and media and stuff like that intersects with race. Like, we already kind of mentioned with, um in, like, Asian cultures, like, especially in like American stuff like that, like the fetish, the fetish, oh my gosh, the fetishization yes, of like Asian women <laughs> and why like a lot of like men will see like anime and they'll be like, oh my God, I need to sexualize this because like it's an Asian woman and that's like a sexual fantasy or whatever. And oh, yeah. Yeah. also with like black women, mm-hmm. how they are usually like portrayed with like bigger hips and like bigger boobs and they're just like more sexualized Uh yeah they're like presented more like I guess curvier in a sense yeah and also it's so true um for the most part out of what I've seen they're portrayed as really loud and I'm like everyone's loud why do you have to base it on race especially on women race which goes back again to the issue of either being submissive or in a bad way, like, you're not submissive, you're overly loud. It's yeah. not like I speak my ideals, you know? But, um, yeah, and that's like, it relates kind of to how tomboys are kind of like rejected by society. It's kind of similar to how women of color are like, yeah. basically dehumanized because uh-huh. they're not like dainty or feminine enough. Exactly. Like, they're yeah. portrayed as like, loud and like not as obedient as like the typical like white woman who's like obedient and like keeps herself and dresses like conservatively you know yeah. and it's it's just like yeah, another way seen. oh sorry um yeah it's they're typically like seen another... as like you know the side character <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> um sorry <laughs> um what I was gonna say is it's just like basically another way to like promote racism is to use the yeah, idea yeah. of femininity or the lack thereof in women of color to like dehumanize them yeah uh-huh yeah yeah Kathy and then you were saying you can go that. now <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> like, I mean, just to, like, just add on, like, um, like, you know, um, women of color are, all, like, most of the time, like, the side character in movies, you know, they don't really get that much of a spotlight on them, barely any screen time, um, 
And if they do, you just go. No, go. No, um, that's it. You know, you can go. But yeah, and if they do, it's honestly to portray these more so weaknesses as if they were of not fitting a feminine ideal. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. Don't know how long we have left on the Zoom, but um, the fact that we're getting into racism and like class and um, that's all. It's gonna take. It's a whole different. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different part. It it's I think it's important to note, but I don't know if we have enough time to like really get a deep dive into it. Oh, no, yeah. The 30 minute timer went off about like eight yeah. minutes ago. So. <laughs> so, we get like an alert saying we have a minute left, but I think a good note to end the podcast in is it kind of seems like it was all over the place when we were speaking about it and that we cut each other off because each idea that we're thinking about completely goes together because of the fact that femininity femininity in the media and the issue of it is a circle between genders between race between class and until we finally figure out a way to reteach certain ideals this whole um just the issue of femininity is just going to continue to grow in media it's all like interwoven together yeah Yeah, exactly is it is i mean it maybe a while until we see real change like we said until the new generation rises up and until women get more control like like you know in the case of like more women directors more women just in like Hollywood but not more so behind the camera I mean not more so in front of the camera more behind the camera so they can really have the ability of to control what will be aired and all that yeah and so I feel like when that happens is when we'll start to see real change sorry what were you saying Julia um it really just like you can tell the difference between like a movie about women that a woman wrote versus a movie about women that a man wrote exactly Uh for sure which goes back to the male gaze yeah but let's give our feminist kings like round of applause because there's like I'm pretty sure Johnny Depp is a bit of a feminist and you can tell when he makes movies it's different than uh, like, well, also because it's different genres, but uh-huh. people, men who are feminists tend to get hurt when um, women are portrayed wrong, wrongly or poorly in society because they know it's wrong. And that's kind of like them hating to be woven into the issue of men with the topic and breaking out of that, like that mold of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to introduce that because I forgot to mention it and it just clicked in my head, so... <laughs> No, it's something good to mention, for sure. I don't know if John's a feminist, though. Hold up, let me just... <laughs> I think he could be. He just gives off that vibe. Yeah. People like Johnny Depp. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so yeah. what else? <laughs> oh. There's also, like, with being okay the idea of like being the ideal like feminine thing is also very very concerningly tied to like being very young you know just like the idea of like pedophilia you know in general like how being like a a, the ideal woman is kind of like no body hair like you look very young um you are obedient to an authority like an authoritative like being the man um and just like in general it's very like tied to 
being young, being like a small child. So there's a lot of like intersection between like how femininity is represented and like pedophilia, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you get reminders you want them be, to be seen as like, you know, children? Yeah, basically. And it's now that women, and this is with the digital wave of feminism, but like them saying, no, I'm going to grow my armpit hair or them being like, free the nipple. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's seen as wrong when in reality, them sexualizing this childlike, at, these childlike attributes are even worse. Like we're women. I have, I have nipples. Okay. Don't stare and don't make excuses for men that do scare that stare and cat call women on literally any basis. Yeah. Yeah. But that that literally is a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah. I think we should just, you know, cut it off here. It's gonna yeah. be a lot of trimming. So <laughs> yeah. Um that was our podcast, I guess. Stay tuned for the next hey. episode. <laughs> Rambling women. Hashtag robots. So, you know, <laughs> as always, hashtag girl boss. <laughs> how we'll end it all. I hashtag think that'll be it. Yeah. Remember, you're, you're always a hashtag girl boss in our eyes. <laughs> no matter the gender. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> okay. Peace out, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do I stop recording?